I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Lady Whistledown sure has a lot to report today, doesn't she? We've got all the feels for your second season of Bridgerton out today. And to celebrate, we're bringing you all the Regency love. I'm Sarah Wendell. And I'm Alicia Rye. Welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we bring you all the feels every single day. It's a Bridgerton Day. Many people on the internet are very excited about yeah. this day. Happy Bridgerton Day. Happy Bridgerton Season 2 Day. Now, I understand that you were not as fond of Bridgerton. <laughs> You're going to get me killed. <laughs> yes. You are going to get me killed. Okay, here, here's my... Uh, you know what? I, I like a lot of things about Bridgerton. I did not watch all of Season 1. I watched, I think, half of it. So you saw a lot of male posterior. I did. There's you, you a cov- lot. There's a lot of man butt in that show, and I appreciate that. I appreciate right? the, the tables being turned. Tick from, in the plus from yes. boobies tick, all the not time. Dick, tick, yeah. Tick. I mean, it, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, and good butt too. Like they gave solid butt. Seriously, I think I saw maybe two pairs of 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 breasts and. And acres of butt. <laughs> yes, yes. Definitely like the opposite of the Westworld Game of Thrones formula that I think everyone's been used to for so long. Quite an inversion of gears, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Um, no, I, I appreciate a lot of things about it. I appreciate 
Well, I'll, I'll say, first of all, I'm not a huge historical reader. I'm not, you know, so I never read the Bridgerton books. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just didn't click for me, even though there were so many things I enjoyed about it. I love the aesthetic of it. I love the oh, music. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited for the music of season two is, like, gorgeous. But most importantly, because I was on TikTok and I saw, like, the Bridgerton musical kind of come together real time, I yeah. I appreciate the creativity and admiration it sparked in people especially people who were maybe had never seen themselves in regency clothes or seen people who look like them in regency clothes and i think a lot of credit for that has to go to shonda who clearly loves romance novels and you know clearly loved this series and wanted to do something new and fresh you know with with the property and so i i really appreciate that so there's a lot of things i appreciate i i just couldn't i don't know it just didn't didn't quite click for me I remember watching it. I've talked about this before. I watched probably episodes two and three on the treadmill and I got tired, but I didn't want to stop watching. So I just turned off the treadmill and sat on the floor next to the treadmill and kept watching on my phone. I remember very clearly thinking, wow, so this is what it's like when something that you love and care about is given respectful, direct treatment and a bucket of money mm. for an adaptation. But at the same time, I had, I did have some issues with it. I do not understand, for example, why in the first season, only the characters of color acknowledged the fact that they were characters of mm-hmm. color and all of the white characters were completely excused from any conversation about race. We don't need to replicate that. That's, yeah. that's, that was baffling. Yeah. It was almost like watching someone do the hokey pokey. Put your left foot in. Mm-hmm. Okay, take your left foot out. Put your left foot in and here's a guy butt. Like it, there were some parts of it where I was like, I don't understand. And if you think about it too long, it starts to fall apart. I think I think I would have appreciated maybe more of it being like race blind casting instead of rewriting British history to make it so colonialism didn't happen because it was it's it's a it's a big eraser to move over in I think there was like one conversation I think that might be when I I kind of noped out of it I do not blame you because I I just found it a little challenging and I find it like next season I know they change one of the characters so that she's Indian. It's Kate Sharma, right? Two. Kate, right, two, two of the, the sisters, right? and Edwina. Yeah. And her mom. Right. So The, uh, the corgi, right. by the way, the corgi is is, is, is the same. Okay, which, okay, I mean, okay. So, But they're not Sheffields anymore. They're, they're Sharmas, no, right? Yeah, which is... The Sharmas. Which and I, that has to acknowledge colonialism, right? I, I mean, don't I, know how they're going to address I it. I would think so. <laughs> and not to say there weren't... I mean, there were a lot of Indians who moved around in British society and in higher uh, circles. Yeah. But that was yep. also its own issue because then that tied back yes. to caste and colorism and so yes. so there's a lot of a uh, lot of issues i hope they don't hokey pokey this I one i think they're gonna hokey pokey it and so i'm no. a little concerned. but i also want to tell I people have faith like the amount of excitement <laughs> i see for the indian character representation in bridgerton yes. is fantastic i am very excited particularly for simone ashley the actress who plays kate sharma mm-hmm. even in the She's, trailer she looks great yeah she can do so much with one eyebrow and a glare and i'm like okay because i mean let's be honest the bridgerton men were sometimes the least interesting thing Mm -hmm. about the show and the women are amazing and she is going to be incredible i'm so excited shonda shonda is great at finding people and then giving them a spotlight and i'm really happy for that part of it yeah for sure now we do have a quiz to do Mm, yeah i'm i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna ask you this fantastic 
BuzzFeed quiz. You get me the best presents. You're welcome, Sarah. And today we're going to plan the perfect wedding to reveal which Bridgerton character you should marry, right? This quiz is by Kayla Harrington, and I just want you to know they're a great writer. That's all. First, pick your dream venue. A hotel ballroom. Formal hotel ballroom with parquet floors, yes. Like a nice little cottage with farm tables, outdoor backyard, or a beach. Oh, beach. Beach. That was Beach all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got married on a boat, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. Your your water. Be be comfortable. Go go swimming. Yeah. Pick the number of people you'd like to have in your wedding party. Four, eight, 16, or 24. I know somebody who had 22 bridesmaids and I was, I was like, what? And I will tell you something. I had, uh, five bridesmaids, two friends, my sister, my two sisters-in-law, and I cannot dress myself, let alone dress other people. So I told them, get a dress, make it blue, send me a sample. We'll tie you all together with the flowers and we're done. I'm going to have two because I don't want to deal with a lot of things. So (laughs) I'm just going to have my sisters. Dude. Zero is also an option there, too. All right. So I'm going to say four. Four. The the lowest number possible. I can't wrangle that many humans. Pick your ideal wedding dress slash suit. So like off off the shoulders, Mm -hmm. um, like a high low, like a little like like tea party sort of dress, like a shorter Mm -hmm. dress, formal Mm -hmm. suit or like a funky suit. Okay. I'm going with funky suit. Funky suit. I like funky suit. Funky suit all the way. All right. Pick a tasty main course. Fish, steak, chicken pot pie, or vegetable Ooh. lasagna. Ooh. Oh, I freaking love chicken pot pie. <laughs> All right. So that's the one. Chicken pot pie. I don't, yeah. Pick your dream wedding cake. Like a three-tier pink one. Okay. Two tiers. Mm-hmm. Like a lavish three-tier white one with flowers or one with chocolate-covered strawberries. The biggest, whichever one is the biggest. The biggest, okay. Yeah, the biggest one with the most icing because icing is my favorite. Mm. And finally, pick your perfect honeymoon destination. Snowboarding. Oh, gosh. Exploring a new city. A tropical vacation or a road trip. Ooh, all of the above. You love snowboarding. Um, I love snowboarding. I do. I love it. And I like exploring cities and I like tropical vacations and I like road trips. But for a honeymoon, I will have just peopled and I will be tired and I will want to chill. So let's say tropical vacation. That's a good one. Oh, (laughs) okay. So you should marry Sarah. I think you're going to be very, I think you'll be happy. Daphne. Okay, I'll fix her bangs for her. It'll work out great. Well, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Like Daphne, you know you have a role to play in society, but you can't help following your heart to your true passion. You also have a love for the arts, which will come in handy during her many piano lessons. Okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Look, BuzzFeed knows what you need, okay? Okay. Don't don't argue with the BuzzFeed. I, I need to talk to her about her bangs, but okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a something well, we can work on during marriage. marriage. You can change hair. You can change hair. <laughs> all right. So we all <laughs> we all have many Bridgerton opinions here, but uh, did you know that there was a actual love story from that same era that might sound familiar? Uh, whether you love or hate Anthony Bridgerton, his love story is season two, and he had quite a passionate affair with a courtesan in season one. And there is a bit of truth in that history. There was a rather prominent aristocrat who fell head over heels for a courtesan. Now, it was 
very common in Georgian England, obviously a different historical period, for noblemen to visit brothels and keep mistresses. And uh, offering your hand in marriage to a sex worker at the time was not so common, but it did happen. It did happen. And today we are talking about Charles James Fox, who was aptly named. And he was the leader of the Whigs, uh, direct descendant of Charles II. He studied at Eton and Oxford and all of the appropriate names. And he was allegedly quite a smart dude. Uh, and was elected to Parliament at 19. I can't say that that's awesome, because having known many 19-year-olds, I don't know if I want them in charge of things, but okay, sure. Yep, go ahead, Mr. Fox. That is fine. People found him to be very charismatic, and he was a good conversationalist. His followers were known as Foxities, hmm. which is a very good name. That is a great Foxities. name. Yeah. And it's always good when your followers have a cute nickname. Yeah. Agreed. Like people think that happened with American Idol. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Everyone had names. Um, and during one parliamentary campaign, his supporters wore foxtails. That's kind of cute. I will say, though, that is it is also very funny in the natural world because we have foxes that live in our neighborhood. We have a big wooded area and there are foxes that live there. And at in the evening, um, foxes scream like the actual what mm. does the fox say is a scream that makes you think someone is dying oh. so I hope that while they were wearing these tails they were not also screaming like foxes because that would just scare the poodle out of everybody anyway Mr. Fox's main shortcoming was that he was terrible with money and spent most of his life in debt again very familiar mm -hmm. so then we have courtesan Mrs. Armistead Born Elizabeth Bridget Kane in 1750. We don't know a lot about her origins, but there is a rumor that her hairdresser seduced her when she was 16 and then afterwards set her up to be a sex worker. That's also, in this day and age, a crime. Mm -hmm. Yes, but most likely she did most of her work at a high-end house, Mrs. Goadby's, which is a good yeah, name. Yeah, that's a great name. Goadbees. So where did her name come from? Likely an early protector, Mr. Armistead, but no one is sure. And many courtesans went by Mrs. as an honorific, although they didn't marry. Interesting historical trivia. Many cooks in the household who had a very high position mm -hmm. among the, the servant class, cooks were Mrs., oh, whether or not they were married. Okay, It's a way of acquiring honorific respect. Oh, very interesting. So Mrs. Armistead had relations with many important men at the time, the Duke of Ancaster, the Duke of Dorset, the Earl of Derby. I've definitely read books about all of those guys, fictional versions. And it's not quite known how this happened. Elizabeth and Fox had known each other for many years before they officially became entangled. He, she was 32 when she began living with him, and she was also financially sensible, bless her heart, she lived very comfortably because of the annuities she had secured. And it is said she sold her annuities as well as some of her property to bail Fox out of his debts. Hmm. Most unfortunate. It is surprising that she was literate at the time, but she had a great deal of intelligence and held Fox's interest. And uh, living with her, well, he grew up, which is good. His favorite place on earth was her house, St. Anne's Hill in Surrey, which became their house. And you know it's a story that takes place in England when the house has like a first Oh, yeah. All I name. want is a house the name. You can name your house. Name I your condo. I can name my condo. Should we have a contest? Name, yeah, name, name my Alicia condo, people. Condo. It's just a two-bedroom condo. condo. <laughs> yeah, I'll put a little black outside. 
If somebody can send in a good name. Lady Puddin's establishment. Yeah. Well, her name, her full, her full name when we're mad at her is Puddington. So that does track. Ooh, yeah. Lady Puddington's yeah, Lady Puddington. I like that. It's Lady Puddington of Puddingsbury yeah. is her full title. How have there not been romances written about Lady Puddington? Don't come out. So six years after they had been living together... The 22-year-old daughter of a wealthy banker asked for a lock of Fox's hair, and uh, marrying an heiress would secure the financial future of Mr. Fox, though he had many debts. He was desperately in love with Elizabeth and wrote her beautiful letters declaring his love for her, and he begged her to marry him. And as much as she loved him, she said, nope, she was afraid marriage to her would ruin him and destroy the love they shared. Finally, she consented to marrying him, providing that it was a secret, and they told no one. They got married on September 28th, 1795, and it was seven years before they ever told anyone they were married. And because of her very, very sweet nature, his family grew to love her, and few marriages between parties from such different stations succeeded, but they enjoyed a very happy and harmonious marriage until his death in 1806. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He wrote her a letter. When she tried to break up with him to secure her financial standing, and uh, in an article written by Elizabeth Carey Mann, it is, it is quoted, No, my dearest Liz, you must not go. Indeed, you must not. The very thought of living without you so totally sinks my spirits that I am sure the reality would be more than I could bear. I have examined myself and know that I can better abandon friends, country, and everything than live without Liz. I could change my name and live with you in the remotest part of Europe in poverty and obscurity. I could bear that very well, but to be parted, I cannot bear. That's lovely. Isn't that? It's always nice to find that people found each yeah. other. You know? Like, oh, you were happy. Yeah. Good. That's, nice. That's hard. Happiness is hard. Alicia? What is our love to go for this episode? I think my favorite thing about Bridgerton in general is that it's allowing people to love what they love. So allowing yeah. them to love their romance, love their man butts on TV, love love everything about it, its aesthetics, everything that might have been derided before in their lives. Yes. And I think that that's just like a carry through, like, you know, you should love who you love too. Yeah. And it's okay to celebrate and enjoy feeling seen by the things that you watch on television yeah well we would love to see you tell us about your favorite love stories fictional and real are you a bridgerton fan are you excited tell us all about it do you hate me for not loving bridgerton no one hates you (laughs) you are practically perfect in every way just email us i hope you'll give the second season a try i will of course i will and you can tell me what you think yeah 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 like i said there's so much i like about discussion yeah yeah but we would love to hear from you. You know, Lovestruck Daily at frolic.media. You can find us on social media at Lovestruck Daily. And you can leave a review wherever or however you are listening. So help other people find us and our delightful love stories. Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios and Jillian Davis with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. We wish you past and present a happily ever after today. you